Cynthia A. Thomas is a licensed counselor in the state of Maine. She is also licensed and ordained with the International Church of Foursquare Gospel. Cynthia's teaching is focused on ordinary people learning an extraordinary way of loving God and loving others. Where church isn't a building, it's people learning together and encouraging each other to follow the teaching of Jesus. Thanks for joining today, and now here is Cindy with today's focus. This week, I am concluding the Teach Us to Pray series, looking at the prayer Jesus taught us to pray, which we call the Lord's Prayer. Our text has been from Matthew 6, 9 through 13, and we discussed in an earlier podcast why the traditional ending is not there in some of the versions of the Bible. The King James Version adds the ending in verse 13, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. In the second podcast of this series titled, Teach Us to Pray, Our Father, I told you that my research showed this ending was not added until sometime in the fifth century, and before that it was not in the manuscripts copied by the scribes. I also pointed out that this ending seems to have been taken from another scripture, 1 Chronicles 29.11, and then of course the word Amen was added. This whole ending appears to be the cultural way to end a prayer at that time, so they added it in the 5th century. It's not a bad thing at all, but it is a thing to be aware of when thinking about understanding the Bible and reading various translations. A great uh, study tool I wanted to tell you about is BibleGateway.com. You can find several different versions of the Bible on that website, and it is incredibly helpful in studying the Word and looking at various versions. I have five or so reputable translations I like to look up. To do a little research, I went through the different versions to see how they handled the end of verse 13. Every version I checked had a footnote on it saying that earlier manuscripts did not have this ending. Every version I happened to look at had that footnote except for two, the King James Version and, not surprisingly, the Complete Jerusalem Bible did not have that ending uh, with a footnote. But interestingly enough, the New King James Version also had the footnote identifying the end of verse 13 as not being in earlier manuscripts. All this just shows why the ending was more of a Jewish cultural way to end a prayer than a text that had been transcribed. Jesus did not end the prayer that way at that time he gave it. Let's review the text from Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It is quite interesting to me to see where Jesus goes after he gave this prayer. Look at verses 14 and 15 in Matthew 6. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. 
Forgiveness is a big deal in the kingdom of God. In fact, I did a sermon once where I identified forgiveness as a one of the keys to the kingdom. I find it very interesting that in this prayer the Lord taught us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, is followed by, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I wondered, could one of the temptations we face be unforgiveness? I am certainly convinced that it is. If you are feeling a bit unsettled about understanding forgiveness, go back and listen to the podcast in this series uh, from the verse in that, in the prayer. I did a section on forgive us our debts as part one and part two because it's such a big subject. And <laughs> did I cover everything in forgiveness? Hardly. <laughs> it's a big subject. But I believe I solidly get you on your way toward obedience and freedom in Christ in this area as you read and consider things, seeking the Holy Spirit, your teacher. Matthew and Luke record this prayer that the Lord taught us to pray. And they both go to a different focus from Jesus after he concluded the prayer. Matthew went to the focus of forgiveness and Luke went to the focus of Jesus' story about how important it is to come ask, seek, and knock. He said, if those of you who are living in fallen flesh nature know how to give good gifts to your own children when they come to you and ask, how much more is your perfect heavenly Father going to give the Holy Spirit to us who ask Him? Could one of the temptations be the choice to not come to God in prayer and ask Him for our needs to be met by our Heavenly Father? To decide that we can take care of ourselves and not need our Father in Heaven? Maybe, huh? <laughs> you might think, well, which of these things happened after Jesus taught them to pray? The conversation about forgiveness or the conversation about asking God? If you've listened to many of my podcasts, you won't be surprised that I'm going with both and instead of either or. Matthew was moved upon to tell the focus that stood out to him, and Luke was moved upon to tell the focus that stood out to him. I believe both these conversations happened that day. Two or more people can hear the same conversation, and different aspects of the conversation can stand out in their thoughts. So why can't both focuses be true? Anyway, here we are at the end of the prayer the Lord taught us to pray, which is the prayer we call the Lord's Prayer. What I'd like to do now is a little different, but I'd like to take us through an example of how I use this prayer as a template. I have prayed this prayer as is many, many times in life. After studying it more over the years, I now use it also as a template for prayer that gets me jump-started to be able to pray for a longer period of time. I have found that in using this as a guide, I can have the time I spend in prayer be as long or as short as I seem to want it or need it to be. I just want to say this is an example of how I do it. When it comes to communing in prayer with God through Christ, you do you, as the saying goes. 
you come before your Father in heaven in the name of Jesus and ask, seek, and knock and talk with your God. It's about your relationship with our Father. It's about your relationship as you come before our Father in heaven through our Savior Jesus Christ, being discipled and guided by the written word and the teacher he gave us, the Holy Spirit. But if you're not sure how to get started in prayer, this, I hope, will be helpful to you. So here goes. Our Father who art in heaven. Here in this little phrase, I am recognizing that I'm coming to my Abba Father in the spirit realm of life. And I recognize I get to do that because of what Jesus did on the cross. Here I am doing different things to thank him for his position that he has given me, that I might be his child, to adore him by singing some worship songs. I've been a worship leader most of my born again life, so I gravitate toward worship music. You can listen to your favorite worship music, read some psalms, and declare how incredibly awesome it is to have him for a dad. <laughs> you could just sit in his presence and be with him, saying nothing, even as your heart is moved by love and gratitude. Recognize this is the spirit realm and ask God to open up his spiritual reality to you and the truths of his kingdom as you seek him in prayer. I may spend time thanking him for what the word says, who the word says that I am in Christ. Because of Christ, I am the royal offspring of my Father who art in heaven, the God that I now come before. Hallowed be thy name. I declare here how I recognize my Father in heaven as set apart and like no other in all existence. I proclaim he is the one and only God and there is none like him, God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Deuteronomy 6.4, Mark 12.29. I declare that he is totally good and pure and that he is for me and not against me. Romans 8.31. I ask him to show himself to me as my loving heavenly father and as almighty God, maker of heaven and earth. I ask him to show me how I might better honor his name as holy by living my life more and more in line with the written and living word of God and growing from glory to glory toward the likeness of his son, my savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 I ask that I might honor him and let his light shine for him through me to others that they might see him and give glory to my Father. Matthew 5:16. Basically, I go on and on with just the beginning of this prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In fact, that's sometimes what my prayer time consists of, and I don't get on to the next part. I'm just hanging out, worshiping my God and Father in heaven. It's not about doing everything the same way every time. 
It's about being with God in prayer, however that looks, today. (laughs) Now, let's move on. Thy kingdom come. Here I'm talking to God about his kingdom coming to earth and how it came to earth in Jesus Christ all those Christmases ago. And though we are waiting for the fulfillment, as it comes in its totality one day, I am praying that his kingdom be established in my life and that I am able to operate in the power of his might as I work on this earth as Christ's ambassador. I am praying for his kingdom to be revealed and for all people to understand his love poured out for humanity and the way Jesus has made the way open for us to have relationship with our Father for eternity when his kingdom comes into its fullness. Thy will be done. I may lift up many specifics here as I am praying for God's will to be done in various circumstances in my life and also in situations of people that I'm currently praying for. Now we come to on earth as it is in heaven. From our study, you know that these parts of the prayer kind of go together. So often I pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be held holy. May your kingdom come and may your will be done in and I start naming things and talking to him about me, my situations, my children, my grandchildren, my friends, my family, extended family, and about various situations or decisions in life where I want his name to be held holy, his kingdom to be established, and his will to be done. Here I pray for our country, our leaders, organizations or ministries that I support through donations of prayer and many other things like that. And when I'm finished lifting up things to him, I often say, my dear Abba Father, may your name be held holy. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven for all these people, organizations and situations I have brought before your throne of grace in the name of my high priest, Jesus my Lord. Within all this, I'm focusing on how God wants me to live out the great commandment and the one like unto it, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. I keep that in mind because he told me in his word that this focus is the most important thing to him. That is his will on earth as it is in heaven. He does name a few other things in scripture that are, that are his will. And if you ever want to go do a study on that, you'll see those things. But if you keep this big one in mind, the rest will kind of fall into place, fall into line with the will of our Father. Give us this day our daily bread. Here I thank God for his provision for my needs that he's already supplied. And then I talk to him about the things I currently have need of concerning. I ask him to supply his provision in those areas. From there, I start lifting up others who I know need his provision for salvation, healing, finances, or other situations they are facing. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
I tell God it is my heart's desire to hold no one's offense against them, just as God in Christ did not hold my offenses against me. I ask God who I need to apply forgiveness to, and when he shows me I apply forgiveness, that we may talk about the situation while I ask for James 1 wisdom on how to have healthy boundaries and deal with the situation. I give him any feelings I may have been struggling with, and I ask him to heal me and deliver me from any damaged emotions concerning the situation. When I first started this habit, there was quite a list, but now I deal daily and quickly with offenses done to me. I don't want to carry the baggage. I want God dealing with it and to let me know what he wants from me dealing with it. And I want his inner peace as I leave the parts only God can do with God. I lean heavily on the idea of the serenity prayer here. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. We only have power over our decisions and choices in life. There are some things we cannot change and people's hearts are certainly one of those things. Other people's choices can only be prayed about and left with God. When I do that, I often end the prayer with, and if there's anything in the future that you would like me to do in this situation, I trust you will let me know. For now, those things I cannot change. I have done all I can. So I pray for this person or situation and I leave it in your hands, Almighty God. I continue praying and if the heartache is close to me, I pray through tears sometimes. But I know that from Philippians 4, 4 through 8, which I call the mental health passage of scripture, that God wants me to focus on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. So while I deal with the unpleasantness of life, I try to live in the beauty or praiseworthy things of what I can find. I do not have the power to change some of the unpleasantness in life, nor other people's choices. And grieving times are necessary, but I do have the power of where I choose to focus my thoughts. Take each thought captive to the obedience of Christ, we're told. 2 Corinthians 10.5 Is there anything praiseworthy in your life? You have permission to enjoy that oasis in the desert of your circumstances. It's okay to find joy and be thankful about something, even in sadness or heartache. You see, God has that deep, abiding joy and inner peace in Christ planned for our lives 
no matter what anyone else is doing around us. John 16:33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus speaking. And then we come to, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I ask God to lead us away from all the evil and toward his righteousness in every situation in our lives, in every thought, in every word, in every deed, in every attitude. I thank him that he sent Jesus to destroy the works of the devil, 1 John 3, 8. Then I start listing things asking him to destroy any works of the devil that our enemy is trying to work against me, my children, my grandchildren, my family members, my loved ones, against his church on the earth, the organizations my family are connected with, people's relationships and marriages, this country and all our political, governmental agencies, societal constructs, etc. Oh, I can go on and on in this area, depending on the time I want to be praying. <laughs> I pray for God to deliver us all from the evil one and his strategies and deceits on the earth. With thanksgiving, I proclaim his word that tells me that the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and greater is God in me than this enemy in the world. Hallelujah! Oh, I can go on and on here too, depending on time. I can confess various promises of the word to the point where I am ready for the next proclamation. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Here I'm confessing the word of his sovereignty, his power, his overcoming strength toward his people in this world and the world to come. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Manifest yourself on this earth and establish your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, <laughs> you can see from this example that we can use the prayer Jesus taught us to pray as a prayer said in and of itself, which I love, or we can use it as a template and spend as much time in prayer as we want. Using it as a template allows us to envision how to pray for longer periods of time and why praying for an hour or longer is entirely possible. As I abide in the vine of God's presence with this prayer, I sing sometimes very spontaneously. I'm going to leave you with one of the melodies, or rather it's a kind of a chant sounding rendition that just came out of me one day as I'm walking around, praying this prayer, worshiping. It was just one of the things that came out of me as I worshiped. So I'll end with this as I encourage you all to keep on keeping on in Jesus, everyone. Till next time. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, our Father. And that concludes today's segment. We hope to see you next time as you learn the extraordinary ways of loving God and others.